30 Years, 30 Ghost Stories, a podcast series from the Anniston Star. Every October since 1989, the Anniston Star has asked readers to scare us. For 30 years, the newspaper has held a scary story contest called Ghost Riders. When it started, this contest was open to all ages. Over the years, it evolved into a contest for kids, especially once school teachers got involved and started assigning ghost stories as class assignments. Ghost Riders now attracts hundreds of entries each year. To celebrate the 30th anniversary of Ghost Riders, we picked a favorite story from each of the previous 30 years. We'll release a spooky new tale every day until October 30th. Today's story is from 1989. It's The Ghost Rider by Regina Grimes Jennings of Wellington. The Ghost Rider It was late October. The leaves had turned brown and fallen from the trees. When I drove into town, I passed a few stores before I saw the candlemaker's shop. I went in. Behind the counter was an old woman who greeted me with a nod. Hello, I'm Adam Foster, I said. Are you Mabel Sims? We spoke on the phone about the house you have for rent. Yes, she said, but like I told you on the phone, no one has lived there for years. My late husband's nephew, Jake, was the last to live there. But when he committed suicide, My husband took it pretty hard and shut the place up. It's been that way ever since. If you don't mind me asking, why haven't you rented it out before now? I asked. Thoughtful for a moment, she said, it was my husband's idea. He believed there was an evil in that house and that somehow it drove Jake to suicide. As you mentioned that you were a writer, it's a coincidence, but Jake was a writer also. Is that so? I said as she handed me the keys and directions to the house. It didn't take long to find it. It was just as I had pictured it. After a few days, I had settled in quite nicely. As I was cleaning up, I found an old manual typewriter in the closet. I reasoned it must have belonged to the nephew Jake. It was a very handsome machine, so I cleaned it up and put it on the desk. Sometime late that night, I awoke from a sound sleep and heard what seemed like someone typing. Then it stopped. I listened, but I heard no more. My body was wet with a cold sweat. I got out of bed and I crept to the living room. Although the fire in the fireplace had died down, there was still enough light to see that the room was empty. I walked over to the typewriter. It was just as I had left it. It seemed to glow as the firelight reflected off of it. 
Then I noticed, there, next to it, were typed pages. As I read them, I couldn't believe it. Someone must be playing a joke, I thought. I read them again and realized it was no joke. I must have sat there for hours. All that I knew was that somehow this typewriter typed this story and it was one of the best I had ever read. Before I had time to think about it, I signed my name to it and sent it to my agent. A few days later, I went into town, and there seemed to be a bit more activity than usual. I went to the post office for my mail and the local paper. I overheard a part of someone's conversation about the local butcher being found murdered. There was something awfully familiar sounding about it. After I read about it in the paper, I knew just what it was. The murder of the butcher was almost identical to the details of the story that I had just sent in to my agent. It gives new meaning to art imitating life, I thought. Again, that night, just as before, I heard the typewriter at it again. But this time, I stayed in bed and waited until morning. This time, by the typewriter, there was not one, but two. And if it was possible, they were even better than the last one. They were of the same type as before. Horror stories. Sort of Jack and the Ripper type with the crime left unsolved. The work was so much better than anything that I had written that I, again, signed my name to them and sent them to my agent. A week passed by when I got the news that all three of the stories that I sent in were to be published. I suppose I would have felt better about it if I had been the one to write it, but the money was good, and I can't really complain. As I sat at the table drinking my coffee, a knock at the door. I was surprised. Not many people knew I was staying here. I went to the door and I found Miss Sims, the landlady. Miss Sims, I exclaimed, how nice of you to drop by. She came in, but didn't sit down. I can't stay long, she said. I've got to get back to the shop. I just came by to warn you to lock your doors. There's a murderer on the loose. They found two more bodies this morning. The police haven't got many clues yet. All I know is that the bodies were horribly mutilated and they were found miles apart. As she began to relay details to me, I felt faint. It was like before, 
The stories were the same as the murders. Are you all right? asked Miss Sims. You look pale all of a sudden. I'm okay, I assured her as I rushed her out the door. I went over to the typewriter, and as I expected, there was another story. This time, it told of a young writer who writes about people he is going to murder. As the police come to take him away, he shoots himself. I broke into a cold sweat. This sounds like me, I thought. But I don't own a gun. When I put the story down, there, next to the typewriter, was a gun. I'm sure it wasn't there before. Then, I heard the police sirens, and I knew what would happen next. Special thanks to the Communication Department of Jacksonville State University and to Billy Ramsey's broadcasting class for assisting with narrating and recording. You can read all the winning stories in this year's Ghost Riders competition in the October 27th edition of the Anniston Star.